Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael show on the air, on the air, and uh, anticipating a uh, a good day today in the sense of uh, going to be here with uh, uh, coming up in about an hour and a half. Our buddy Chuck Freeman's going to be here. Chuck Freeman from the Locked On Brewers podcast. He's going to be joining us, and we'll touch base with him. Uh, also, Mike Clemens in the last hour of the show today. Got a lot to get to, a lot of good stuff. Uh, we're going to hear from inside the Packers locker room. Got a lot of stuff there as well. So a whole bunch of stuff happening. Uh, in the meantime, there was a national talk show host. Um, don't give Colin Cowherd much credence because he sometimes sometimes he's way off base and sometimes he can be thought-provoking, and that I appreciate. But this was one of the things that he had to say. I shouldn't say one. This was uh, a lot of people had started to get in contact with me regarding what he had said. And uh, he kind of rips Jordan Love. I want you to take a listen to this. Take a listen to what Colin Cowherd said about Jordan Love. Less than seven yards per completion, less than five yards per attempt. What am I supposed to make of it? Well, I make of it the biggest throw of the game, clean pocket, wide open tight end. And he not only missed it, he missed it badly. Bro, it's year four in the NFL. That's a layup. That's bad. I know you say, well, what about this and what about that? They're hand-holding him. That is a third down, clean pocket, bad miss for a college quarterback. He is what I was told throughout the offseason I thought he would be. He's a game manager. There's no special there. You can say what you want about Justin Fields at 5-20. and 20. You see wow all the time. I saw wow this weekend with Anthony Richardson. I don't expect Anthony Richardson to be refined and polished. But if you're still wearing floaties, year four in the pool, you're not Michael Phelps. In fact, maybe swimming's not for you. Uh, that's what I noticed. That, that play, that pass on a third down. In fact, Jordan Love, I know you don't want to hear this, but we have so many smart analytic people, uh, pro football focus, Warren Sharp. Jordan Love had the cleanest preseason pocket of any quarterback Thursday on. He had the least pressure, and they're still babysitting him. Under five yards an attempt, you cannot miss open throws. This stuff, the rollout to the opposite side, that stuff's layup stuff. It's going to come down, and I've said this before, I don't need you to be great on every play. But those third downs, clean pocket, those are layups for quarterbacks in the NFL. Those are layups. Throw into the back of the end zone. Well, I mean, so you overthrow it. You can't underthrow it. That's not a special throw. That's an NFL franchise quarterback throw. So you start looking at the yards. Kenny Pickett, year two, and that O-line is not as good as the Packers. And that's a defensive coach, Mike Tomlin. Kenny Pickett averaged 10 yards per attempt. Jordan Love under five with an offensive coach. Year four in the system. Better O-line. It tells me they're coddling and hand-holding. I know what you're saying. Colin, how can you judge him on that? It's year four. I'm going to judge him on a clean pocket, wide open tight end, miss him badly on a third down. He had the cleanest pocket. This... This Packers situation is built to succeed. Matt LaFleur's system is good for quarterbacks. Good O-line. 
star backs, talented receivers, though young. Musgrave's a brilliant young athletic tight end. Safe system. Quarterbacks succeed with Lafleur. They succeed in Green Bay, and a large part of it is they've always got protection. He had the cleanest pocket of the weekend, and it's still five yards an attempt. What do you want me to do with it? I mean, I watched Indianapolis and Anthony Richardson, and that kid is really raw, but they kind of let him do him stuff. Now, 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 he had a terrible interception. Okay, it's year one. It's, it's, it's preseason one. I, I'm almost expecting you're going to be a bit of a mess, right? Anytime, you know, when you have young kids in the house, they spill stuff. Like, I get it. But year four, push, push, challenge, challenge. I just don't see it with Green Bay. They're not challenging him. This, this is just safe stuff. And I think basically they're telling you what they have. We're going to kind of manage this thing. Hopefully our okay. defense is better. We like Grant, our coach. Grant, shut him off. We like our... Shut, shut this off. This is the reason Colin Cowherd, when he opens his mouth, it smells like horse blank because he is such a horse's ass. Okay, when he talks about throws... He missed so many throws. Well, he was 7 for 10. He missed one. And you don't know if the tight end was supposed to go deeper. One. Secondly, he is coming in following Aaron Rodgers, who then followed Brett Favre. All you're looking to do with this guy is give him a little bit of confidence, give him a little bit of rhythm, and get him out. That's it. He was 7 for 10. He missed one throw. But, Bill, Colin said that was the biggest throw of the game. That That's my favorite part of this clip is yeah. Colin saying in a 0-0 game, you know, three minutes in, that one throw on third down to a rookie right. tight end was the biggest throw of the game. He is a horse's ass. He always has been. He always will be. Every now and then, the squirrel finds the nut, and he gives me a little knowledge, and I go, oh, okay, I can I can deal with that. But this is the reason when people say, oh, my God, you hear what Colin Cowherd say. Colin Cowherd is a step above Skip Bayless. He just is. He just is. He always has some dumbass take that's out of reality, and it, it just, it, it's... Like, are, is this really where you want to go? Is this where the hill you want to die on? Oh, my God. The clean, If he said clean his pocket, it sounded like he was slobbering on himself. He goes, well, clean his pocket. <laughs> Who cares? He was 7 for 10. 7 for 10. He ran the plays that were called. Okay. That was it. He didn't run a whole lot of plays. They wanted to get him in, get him a little lathered up. That's it. And, oh, by the way, Colin, let me say this. Oh, by the way, as opposed to all the rookies that are coming into the National Football League, and you should know this, you dumbass, all the rookies coming into the National Football League, you got to let them go because you got to see what kind of sense they have to say, what can you do? The Packers know what they have in Jordan Love. They don't need to do all this different stuff with him, to let it fly and let him be him. They know what they have in the guy. You're right. It's four years in the pool. So why would you show anything? Everybody plays vanilla. Why would you show anything? 
But yet he didn't come out and throw a 50-yard bomb and strike over the top and roll out and do all this different stuff exotically to show his wares because he's not a rookie. He doesn't need to do rookie stuff. All he needs to do is not screw it up. And, yeah, be a game manager. That's fine. Again, the term game manager is used in an unbelievably derogatory sense. There's a lot of quarterbacks who have had success as game managers. That's what we wanted Rodgers to be last year, be a game manager. Sometimes you try to do too much, hang on to the ball too long, try to point and pull your shoulder pads and tap yourself in the helmet and try to do too much, and you throw the ball to the left when the guy went to the right when he really had the seam. You try to look at Cobby with a, a wink and a nod, and Cobb's supposed to know to go 10 additional yards downfield, and that's where you throw it, and he gets picked off, and you're pissed at Cobb. Cobb didn't see your eye. He didn't catch it. Alan Lazard went and sat in the open spot, did exactly what the play called for, but yet you you anticipated something else, and because you weren't on the same page, it was a pick, and you're pissed off at him. So he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He was 7 for 10. And they pulled him. That was it. And yet you're going to blow this guy up for one play. And you don't even know if Musgrave ran the right route or not. He could have. He was Maybe he cut it off short. Maybe he was supposed to go five yards downfield. You don't know. It looked like an overthrow. I agree with that. But who cares? It's one throw. And, condemn- and I'm the guy that has been on the... I don't think Jordan loves that damn good to begin with bandwagon where, and I've said, be a game manager. With the veterans that you have, if the defense gives you the ball and enough bites at the apple, you can continue drives, you game manage this team down the field on the consistent, that's okay. Let Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave, let them all do their job. Get the ball to them. A three-yard out with two broken tackles turns into a 20-something-yard game. And it's first down, and you're still moving. Who cares? If the ball ultimately goes into the end zone, I don't care. And then every now and then, you're going to look out on the left or right side, and you're going to go, oh, there's Christian Watson. Ooh, he's got a big lead. Here, I'll just throw it up there and let him run under it. Okay. But this is the reason when people come to me, and they say, you got to hear what Colin Cowherd said. Oh, my God. And I sit back, and I shake my head. I don't know whether to shake my head at the absolute stupidity that he just spewed on the air nationally, Colin Cowherd, or I get angry because I get sucked into the cesspool of crap from a national guy for local people going, oh, my God, he's talking about our team. Who cares? Who cares? Maybe I should listen to it because because it was dumb. It was a dumb take. It was a very poor take. It was giving you a take to try to be sensationalistic, to get your goat, and that's exactly what he did. So, uh, now we got that out of the way. I feel better. I feel like I cleansed my soul a little bit. Yeah. Let it out. Yeah. Let, let it hang out, Bill. We're here. We're here for you. And you mentioned game managers, Bill, something that, that came to my mind. Over half the NFC is game managers. That's more than half the quarterbacks in this conference are just game managers. It's not like there's right. Mahomes and Allen and Herbert in the NFC. Jordan Lovell fit right in if he's a game manager. Um, oh God, somebody said, I'd love to see you, you and Colin Cowherd in the octagon. Uh, let me say this. I would beat his ass into a submission that even his mother's uterus would feel. Let's put it that way. Have you ever seen Colin Cowherd? He's a twig. He's like 
like he could hide behind my finger. I've seen him. I've met him out at the Super Bowl every year. We see him. He's he's zippy. He's zippy the piss boy. Very. I, I mean, like I said, there are times he makes me think, and I appreciate that. But for the most part, when he starts to spew and people get into it, it's like, pfft, no, no. Some things he's right on. Pac-12 football. A lot of stuff there. Okay. He lives out there. He lives it. He's in, uh, what is it, Englewood, California, or Westwood, California, whatever uh, Fox Sports is in. He's out there hanging in that lifestyle. That's fine. He knows he, he knows West Coast. I'll give him that. I'm sure he hangs out at Angels games and Dodgers games. And while the team's out on the field, he's inside his locker room sniffing Otani's jock and things like that. I, I can understand that. You know, right now he's probably, uh, you know, lathering up his hands and hoping to, you know, give a, a, a after-practice massage to Caleb Williams or something for USC. So uh, he's good with that. But when it comes to this, no, wrong, wrong. 877-867-1670, hit us up, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you this, this, this deciphering rant. <laughs> uh, brought to you by our friends over there at Dwayne's Cover It All. D-U-A-N-E-S, Dwayne's Cover It All. He is in Wausau, Wisconsin, 715-870-2119. 715-870-2119 up in Wausau. And it doesn't matter whether it's a boat cover, a travel cover, uh, if you need some upholstery repaired, awnings, gym equipment, awnings for out in front of your business, gym equipment, office furniture, he can do it all and does it magnificently. Call him, 715-870-2119, 715-870-2119. That's Dwayne'sCoverItAll.com. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Part of it's my fault uh, because I have not been doing my due diligence to promote as much as I possibly can, but a little bit behind on the pre-registration and uh, for the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 3rd. I uh, have uh, driven driven the ride now a couple of times. Uh, got to make some adjustments uh, to the beginning of it because of some construction in the area, but uh, was in touch with the Milwaukee Police Department today, the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Department today. Uh, the Milwaukee Fire Department, we got a lot of cool stuff planned for the opening ceremonies and getting our, all the riders off safely, the escorted first leg of the ride, and then off from there, and then the after party. And But uh, we can't do any of it uh, without you, and we need you. So if you've been considering it, and we finally got our first weather forecast. We're less than three weeks away now. So our first weather forecast came out 78, feels like 80, sunshine, which would be spectacular, one of our best days ever uh, for the ride. Please, uh, if, even if you don't ride, tell somebody who does and say, hey, look, uh, bring friends. Uh, every year we get more and more people that bring friends that want to be a part of this. Uh, and it was really, it, w- it was honorable that I had so many people that have reached out and said this is, and recommended it to other people because they say it's the best ride. And we really do try to make it the best ride, whether it's the prizes that we give, the ride itself, the camaraderie, the size, whatever it happens to be, uh, it, it's it's awesome. And we're looking to shoot for over 1,100 bikes this year, uh, which would probably, with two-ups, would probably give us about 1,600, 1,700 people. So uh, please, if you can do it, come out and join us uh, and scan the QR code that's on the uh, live stream right now or 
Just simply go to uh, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run, and all the information's right there. You can find the links and everything. Uh, and you do, uh, for the passenger, you get a bit of a discount. The day of, it's 25 bucks a person. Uh, but for those that uh, that want to pre-register, you get a discount uh, for the, the passenger. And you get discounted uh, Harley-Davidson uh, Museum tickets as well if you choose to do that. So we've got a great morning planned with a pancake breakfast at uh, the Harley-Davidson Museum. They have Bloody Mary Bar. They have all kinds of good stuff, coffee and such, uh, early in the morning. And then off you go. I know that the VFW is going to be doing some brats and hot dogs and stuff down at the Penny Bar. The Rock Sports Complex, they're going to have the Milwaukee Burgers there if you want to get something to eat there. Uh, Knuckleheads have some great food out in Eagle. And Stoll's All 1 and 9 is always just stocked and ready to go, and they're awesome too. And then obviously the after party with our friends from Boondocks, uh, Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They're going to be at one end of Steel Tank Brewing's uh, you know, area. Steel Tank Brewing is going to be grilling up some good stuff as well. We've got some great vendors. We've got some veteran vendors. We've got a ceramics vendor that uh, talks about polishing up the motorcycle. We've got a headband vendor. We've got so many different people that want to be. We've got a cigar vendor. We've got so many people that wanted to be a part of this. So please, it's going to be a great day, and it's all for uh, military members, veterans, and their families. Fisher House, Wisconsin is the benefit. Fisher House, Wisconsin, right here in our own backyard. So you can touch it, you can smell it, you can feel what we actually spend the money on. So please come out and join us again. It is coming up on Sunday, September 3rd, but you got to get pre-registered for the packages. There's a weekend getaway up in Pembine, Wisconsin. There's a terrific, and I'm going to take a picture of it and explain all of it, a terrific whiskey, bourbon, cigar package uh you know basket that's been put together that's that's over well over a grand and then there's the weekend down in chicago at the chicago uh, sheraton grand river walk where you stay overnight on saturday night you go to the packers game on sunday and if you want to come back and be a part of the post game show and join me on the air for a couple of minutes to talk about the ride or to talk about the charity we'll let you do that too you can come on the air with us and hang out for a couple of minutes over at the, the shy bar inside the sheraton hotel after the game so a lot of great packages, a lot of great stuff. But, again, go to uh, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run for all the information and to get registered. Or just scan the QR code if you're watching right now on the live stream. Scan the QR code, and it will take you right to pre-registration. And uh, we're going to be off and running. And we're now counting down. We're getting close. 877-867-1670, Jeffrey says, don't worry about Colin Cowherd. He's always been a hater. He only gets views and people to listen to him because everybody disagrees with him. Um, Mike says, you could hit Colin Cowherd so hard his kids would be born dizzy. By the time uh, Heard quit rolling, uh, his clothes would be out of style. <laughs> yeah, well, he like I said, he's kind of a twiggy dude. Kind of a twiggy guy, no doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Um, you've got uh, this one's from Justin who says, uh, hey, guys. He said, I think that the Packers are going to be okay, and if uh, Jordan Love is a game manager, so what? That means he's actually managing the game, and they're probably moving the football and winning games. There's nothing wrong with that. Be a game manager your first year. Just don't turn it over and give the other team an opportunity to beat you. And that's from Justin. Justin, appreciate the email. Which... Again, uh, there's been plenty of guys. I mean, you go towards the end of his career, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl being a game manager. They had a really solid defense led by Von Miller and company. You know, um, you can go through and look at the list of 
quarterbacks that have played in Super Bowls and been to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls. It's not a huge list as far as guys that were game managers. Joe Flacco, the year that – because everybody brings up Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, the year that he won it, he had some down downfield receivers. And he – you know, I, I'll never forget, they labeled him as the best downfield passer in the game. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You talk about a prisoner of the moment. You know, Joe Flacco had a strong arm, and guys ran under it. Yeah, they had a pretty good football team. But make no mistake about it, they were led by Ray Lewis and that defense – and I'll be honest, had it not been for the, the lights going out and kind of stopping the momentum of the 49ers, they may not even win that Super Bowl down in uh, New Orleans. Remember, that's when the lights partially went out. So, you know, I mean, Trent Dilfer comes to mind when you look at what Trent Dilfer was capable of doing and guys that game-managed a team to a Super Bowl. Now, do I feel the Packers have that level of defense? No, I don't. But if he's more than a game a manager, doesn't really turn it over a whole lot, and the defense is better maybe than what we were hoping for or thinking they were going to be, they can win quite a few games. And again, you get to the postseason, one, anything can happen. But two, you get that experience. And again, I'm, I'm completely hypoth- hypothetically speaking here. Because like I said, I, seven to eight wins. And would that be a disappointing season? I think not getting to the postseason would be disappointing. But what would be more disappointing is to not only have Jordan Love play badly, but then to only win three or four games. That would be incredibly disappointing. But if he played well, game managed, didn't do anything spectacular, but didn't necessarily do anything horrific, and the team still won seven or eight games, they're pretty much in the same spot they were last year with a Hall of Fame quarterback. So wouldn't you consider that somewhat of a win? Right? Uh, Jeff says, uh, hey, Bill, love the analogy that you did Colin Coward so hard that his mom's uterus would ache. He said, I did a spit take in my car, and now I'm wiping coffee off of my dashboard. Thank you very much. (laughs) Jeff, sometimes stuff just falls out of my head, man. It just does. I don't know why, but it does. I apologize to Colin, Colin Cowherd's mother. I'll say that. <laughs> so. uh, Dan says it's going to be up to Joe Barry in the defense. Uh, the offense is going to be a work in progress. The defense has to be good or better than good for this team to win seven or eight games. Uh, he says that uh, creating turnovers, giving Jordan Love and the offense more opportunities with the football is going to be beneficial, and you're going to see this defense come together. Joe Barry just needs to let him go and get out of the way. That's from Dan. Dan, appreciate the email. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. Also, want to hear from inside the Packers locker room when we come back. We're going to get into some of that as well. Um, you have got uh, Carrington Valentine. Carrington Valentine impressed some people in the first game against Cincinnati. Uh, you know, opened some eyes. Mike Clemens caught up with him. So we're going to hear from uh, Carrington Valentine coming up next. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by, I had mentioned it before. Uh, our friends over there at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, and they are going to have the food truck out at Steel Tank Brewing, and I can't wait. And they serve more than just barbecue, but it's a great alternative to some of the brats and burgers and stuff that you you know get at the end of the ride. But they're going to be there helping helping out, helping uh, you know appease the crowd, if you will, 
And it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're looking forward to having Tom and the food truck from Boondocks out there. So really looking forward to it. Thanks to them for being a part of the motorcycle ride this year. That's Boondocks Barbecue, Burgers, and Brews. County Road K in Oconomowoc right there in Stonebank. Tell them we said. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. pretty good in many different facets this past Friday night. One of the guys that uh, looked pretty solid was uh, Carrington Valentine, the cornerback. And uh, he he uh, he opened a few eyes, uh, at least fan-wise. Something that's gone on, obviously, in camp, but uh, had another interception uh, this past uh, Monday as well uh, against Jordan Love and company. And you know, he talked about uh, yeah yesterday after the practice about kind of how he's feeling and how confident he is right now. My confidence is, you know, I always, you know, I'm just a mild mannered guy. You know, <laughs> my confidence is there. Um, you know, even when bad plays happen, you know, you just you still got to stay confident in your stuff because you know you're not gonna make every single play at corner. But you know, you just you know when you make plays, you know, kind of you know you get you know you get that nice little sensation. You get happy about it, but you know. You gotta just remember, like you know, just stack plays. You know, one day, tomorrow's a new day, and try to you know keep doing it. So when you know you look at different corners, guys, you know, like Jair Alexander, he's got closing speed. He likes to press. He likes to be like in your hip pocket. He's he can be a little grabby, but he's he's right there with you. So what kind of style of play does uh, the cornerback Carrington Valentine kind of you know see himself as? Competitor, you know, line up on that island. Um, you know, being here, you know, being in, you know, like a zone, stuff like that. Um, I feel like I've grown, you know, being here and stuff like that and that. So I feel like, you know, just being around, you know, the older guys and, you know, the coaches and stuff like that, you know, helping me, you know, learn that stuff. It really helped. So, you know, he's a seventh-round draft choice. He comes out of the University of Kentucky, and I've never been a big fan of a lot of the players that have come out of Kentucky. You know, Randall Cobb kind of, you know, set the bar a little bit higher for me uh, growing up in that area and seeing a lot of the guys that played in Lexington. And Lexington was really kind of an abyss for so many years, and they've just come on as of late to be a little bit better football program. But coming out of Kentucky, you know, the question is, like, look, you, you know, you're pretty solid. You're playing in the SEC. When did you become this level of knowledge, this level of playmaker? Um, I've always been a playmaker. Um, you know, maybe at Kentucky didn't show not, you know, not as quite, but you know, here, you know, I'm really, you know, just growing. You know, just you, you know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I've always been a playmaker. So just going to having a knack for the ball and stuff like that, um, it really helps. So, look, uh, you, like I mentioned, you making a play in front of 20,000 screaming fans that are just waiting for Kentucky football or Kentucky basketball to get underway, it's, it's, that's one thing. But how much of a difference is it when you get an interception, whether it's you know inside the Hudson Center, outside in front of Packers fans at training camp, or just like you did in Cincinnati? So how, what is the difference? How is it? Yeah, two different things, you know. Um, 
you know, one thing is, you know, picks get you paid here, um, you know, and, you know, PVUs in college, you know, can take you, you know, far, but, you know, picks is the thing, and that's the standard. So, you know, that's my standard. So, you know, the PVUs are great, but, you know, picks are amazing. So what's it like? You're, you're three weeks into camp now, and the surprising thing is you're three weeks into camp as a seventh-round draft choice, and you're already starting to take some reps with the first-team defense. So did you what, – what's it like to have that kind of an ascension so fast? Um, you know, even though I'm taking reps with the ones, you know, you still got to be humble about it. But, you know, my confidence, you know, being out with those guys and, you know, making plays against, you know, the guys who, you know, going on a year two or three and stuff like that, seeing how you fare up against them, you know, it really helps, you know, a young guy like me. And even even other rookies, you know, I see that, you know, run with the ones. And, you know, when they make plays against, you know, like like your vets and stuff like that, it really helps your confidence, you know, like, oh, yeah, I really do belong here and stuff like that. So Carrington Valentine, when you, uh, you know, kind of see that he, you know, came out of Kentucky and he played at uh, the high school that was my rival high school and, and go, he played for Muller, uh, for Muller High School. He grew up in Cincinnati. So going back there last week and, and playing in Cincinnati and having practices in Cincinnati, he knows the area, obviously. So going there, as did Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford, I believe Sean Clifford played at Xavier High School in Cincinnati as well. And I've always said that that, that area, that, you know, southeastern or southwestern area of, of Cincinnati has always been a hotbed for high school football. But playing there and knowing that area and then coming into Cincinnati, playing against the Bengals, having those joint practices, he was excited to be lining up uh, against quite a bit against Jamar Chase. You know, that was a, a big test for me, you know. You know, those guys are, you know, those are dudes in Cincinnati. Um, you know, I'm from Cincinnati, so, you know, right. I've watched them before. But, you know, going against those guys and seeing how, you know, I fared up against them and stuff like that, and I felt like I held my own, really, um, you know, especially being you know, a rookie, you know. Most people wouldn't, you know, really see that. But, you know, I feel like me um, really helped, you know, being against those guys and helped confidence even more. So, again, uh, we're hearing from Carrington Valentine, the cornerback for the Green Bay Packers. And now you get out of Cincinnati, you come back home, you get a couple of days back at uh, Lambeau Field and inside the Hudson Center yesterday, back outside. And now you got the Patriots coming to town for a couple of joint joint practices and then a game this weekend. So how does he now approach this week? You know, same thing, you know, just, you know, you take down, break down your receivers and stuff like that. Like that, New England has guys too, and, you know, you don't want to take those guys lightly as well. So just, you know, breaking down them and giving them the same respect that you give those guys. So and that's how I feel about it. So in camp, as it, and you absorb a lot. When you're an incoming rookie, man, there is, it, it, there's just so much knowledge. And, again, it goes back to the game becomes faster, becomes harder, becomes stronger, becomes so much more. And then you also have to observe guys that – you know, you had one or two guys in college that might have given you problems, but now you got everybody, including the the last man on a roster in the NFL, that's going to give you problems. So you got to be careful with everybody. So what has he learned about himself so far in camp? Um, what have I learned about myself? Um, I've learned a lot, honestly. Um, you know, I found out that some things for me don't don't work. Uh, like you just got to trial and error, and you know, I try to take bits and pieces from you know all those guys. Um, like Rasul and John, you know, some things don't work for me, but some things do. And, you know, that's the big learning thing for me. So just trial and error and stuff like that. So 
from Rasul and Ja, Jair Alexander, what have you taken away from them? What exa- what advice have they given you? Yeah, uh, they helped me out a lot. Um, you know, they, they two different players and styles and stuff like that. So just having both of them in the room is like, you know, it really helps. You know, having those two older guys. You know, I'm young, so I haven't really been playing the position that long. So just having them, those two guys. You know, the older, the, the older, the older brother in the rooms, it really helps. Um, the joint practices. Some people like them. Some people don't. What's he taking away from the joint practices? Oh, you know, it's really exciting. You know, what I mean, you know, you just even though it's a preseason game, you know, it still feels like a real game and stuff like that. You know, especially when Cincinnati, you know, it was real. You know, it was, it was a nice atmosphere and stuff like that. So um, just going out there, you know, being able to compete on the you know, big stage and, you know, showing your talents. So Monday, yesterday, uh, you know, they're obviously practicing indoors and there's inclement weather rolling through, but the commissioner's there and you've got more than a few people, sponsors and such, that are inside the Hudson Center. It's not an open to the public practice, but uh, it's a padded practice. And they're going through it, and then when it goes to the 11 on 11, he gets the pick six. So what's it like getting a pick six Monday against uh, the starters in practice? Uh, it's good, you know what I mean? It's just, I told you, like, it's the standard and, you know, you no, know, that's like I said. PVUs are, you know, they're they're good, but you know, picks is like the home run ball, and you know, that's what I, I want to, you know, live up to. So there you go. There you go. Ah, uh, uh, Carrington Valentine, and he is uh, a guy that's pressing for more playing time, more playing time, if you want to call it that, in Green Bay, and we'll see whether or not he's able to live up over the next couple of weeks and where he ends up landing on the roster. But uh, Carrington Valentine, another guy that in the seventh round. If you get a seventh-round guy to make your squad, if you get a seventh-round guy to compete and, and and actually participate in a higher level, boy, that, that really makes your draft prowess go up as a general manager. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, Jay says, hey, Bill, I'm not sure if you covered this yet this morning, but I read somebody somewhere that Devontae Adams wants to get traded to the Jets. Did you hear anything on that? I'm asking. I know you don't care about them, but if it's true, plus the Jets – uh, signing uh, Dalvin Cook, I think the moves could make the Jets a uh, a, a true competitor um, or a team to be reckoned with, obviously. Um, the front runner in the AFC. I, first of all, there's been a lot of rumors about Devontae wanting out. Okay. Devontae has said that he doesn't need Rodgers to make his numbers, but he wants to win a championship, but, you know, yada, yada. So there's no doubt that, look, if he had a chance to be traded to the Jets, he'd probably take it, get reunited with Aaron Rodgers. There's nobody that's on that roster really better than him, so he would become, again, the main pass catcher, the main point of you know emphasis for Aaron Rodgers if that indeed were to happen. But, you know, Grant, did you read anything where Devontae wants out and wants to specifically go to the Jets? Well, I didn't read anything specific, but Devontae Adams should want out. He should want to go anywhere else because he went right. to Vegas, one, to be closer to home. But, Bill, I... To play with another Hall of Famer, too. Well, yeah, I, I never get the close-to-home <laughs> thing because football season's so short, right? You, and, right? And you're busy the whole time you're practicing every day. It's not like baseball or basketball where you are basically making that city your home for six, seven, eight months of the year. He wanted to go to play with Carr, who's now gone, and he wanted right. a chance to contend. And he might be on the worst team in football, certainly the worst team in his division. He should want to go anywhere else. This has gone so poorly for Adams. Yeah. I I wouldn't doubt that he wants out. I can't imagine he that he's saying, I have to go to New York. I mean, obviously, New York has stockpiled a lot of talent. But 
I am starting to now, in case you just woke up this morning and did not realize, but Dalvin Cook is going to sign a one-year deal worth about up to, with incentives, $8 million to go to uh, the New York Jets. So Dalvin Cook is now going to be in the backfield behind Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I am starting to get, and I don't know why um, this morning I felt this way, but I feel the Jets can be a really, really good team. But do you get the sense that they are starting to set themselves up? Remember when Philadelphia bought everybody? They they bought everybody, including Cullen Jenkins at the time. Cullen Jenkins coming off of a championship football team with the, with the Green Bay Packers goes and gets the money. It's all these top-notch players, these great free agents. They're all heading to uh, to, to Philadelphia to play, what was it, Andy Reid's last year or second to last year. And they, they and remember, it was the dream team. Michael Vick and company, they were all there, and this thing was just going to be this this just unstoppable train. I'm starting to get, and it all went to crap in a hurry. Ben Kenny tweeted this last night. He tweeted a screenshot of the 2012 Philadelphia Eagles record. They went 4-12 and that year, yeah. and, and he was drawing the same connection, so great minds think alike. Yeah, um, and, and I mentioned that comment from Rodgers yesterday, Bill, too, where he said, I think our biggest issue this year is going to be handling success. It's like, whoa, yeah. why, don't put that out there. Cross that bridge when you come to it, Rodgers. This is, right. yeah, they're setting themselves up for 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 things to go really south, potentially. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I uh, 100% agree. I, I, first of all, with Rodgers, if the biggest issue is handling success for a guy that's been there, done that, then, boy, uh, I guess with the young guys around them, maybe, but, you know, Rodgers should, he, he should be the absolute epitome of how to handle success because he's had so much success in the National Football League. Basically, you should t- probably say, you know, just just follow me, do what I do, because he's been able to do that for so long but uh but yeah it's uh poof. i i just i'm starting to get that sense that everybody's going to new york new york is out of its mind right now all jets fans are just they they can't wait for the opening kickoff uh i pray to god and i know some people say watch rogers get hurt or watch something happen and it just gets deflated no i hope rogers plays every snap of every game because i want to see the packers get that first round draft choice I really do. But I'm starting to get the sense of, man, it's this is setting itself up for massive, massive, massive letdown if indeed they can't do everything they believe they're supposed to be able to do. So anyway, uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up again, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Great Lakes Dragaway. Season, racing's not done. No, baby, nah. In Union Grove, Wisconsin, season passes. Well, you don't need a season pass unless you're going to buy one for 2024. You can do that because they have some discounted race go- rates going on right now. But if you want to, got the need for speed, you want to head down there, check it out, 262-302-2138. Go to GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com. It is worth it. It's a great trip. It's a lot of fun, family fun, car guys, car girls, speed, whatever it happens to be, they've got it, GreatLakesDragaway.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
the Bill Michaels Show on this Tuesday. Sunshiny Tuesday. Beautiful weather today. Beautiful day. Going to be hot this weekend. Uh, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Going to be uh, more than warm. But uh, beautiful day today, that's for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Coming up in the next hour, uh, bottom of the next hour, about uh, 35 minutes from right now, our buddy Chuck Freeman from the Lockdown Brewers podcast is going to be joining us. And we'll talk with Freems a little bit about this Brewers team. Brewers on the road tonight there in L.A., taking on the Dodgers. And, the, by the way, uh, speaking of the Brewers, and, uh, you know, a buddy of mine I was talking to um, yesterday said, hey, the Brewers back at home and they're on the road. Uh, no, they're, uh, they're on the road, uh, which, is, which is fine, no big deal. But um, last night down at American Family Field, there was uh, the staging and everything that was set up. We, I told you we were out driving around uh, over the weekend and saw the stage inside American Family Field. The Pink Show was down there. Pink played uh, a sold-out crowd at American Family Field last night. And uh, I hear, I, now I, I, I've never seen a Pink Show. Uh, I've seen a couple via, you know, television, but I've never seen Pink live. But I hear she puts on an amazing show. And I've seen some pictures. A buddy of mine is one of the stage people that uh, puts the staging and such such together, and he said it's incredible. But did she fly out of the ceiling or off of the uh, the the bogey tracks of American Family Field last night? Because apparently, in her shows, uh, much like the you know the Fox overhead cam follows players on the field, she apparently has like the same type of an attachment to her waist. That flies are all over throughout the stadiums that she plays in. So she did, I wanted to know if she did that last night. I got Have some pictures a... from a friend who did was you? there. Yeah. Okay. It's like Garth Brooks. It's like a rock show. She's flying around on zip lines, and there's there's yeah. pyrotechnics. And so we, have, uh, okay. we had some tickets we gave away uh, through a couple of our stations uh, in lacrosse. Z93 gave away some tickets. And I, I kept I kept telling listeners, it's like, this is an incredible, it's a rock show. Like, you yeah. might not think of Pink as a rock artist, but that's the type of show that she puts on. Well, she started out as a rock yeah. artist. And then she, you know, obviously merged into pop. But she was kind of almost a punk rocker early on in her career. If you go back and listen to some of her music and some of the things that she did in the cover band she played with when she was young. But absolutely, she's she, she rocks it. And I have heard nothing but... Some people have said that, you know, she may not have the same popularity as, say, you know, Taylor Swift, but she puts on a better show. Now, I don't, I have never been to either. I don't know. But I've had more than a few people said, oh, man, she brings it. I mean, really, really freaking rocks the house. So I didn't see it, but I know that American Family Field last night was, traffic was, uh, I was getting traffic warnings on my phone, even though I really wasn't out last night. I sat home and did work, but I was getting traffic warnings on my phone saying, don't go near the ballpark. It's, you know, traffic is backed up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Brewers taking on the Dodgers tonight, 9-10. Start time this evening out in L.A. Hauser goes to the hill tonight for the uh, Brewers. We'll talk about it coming up at the bottom of the next hour. Stay tuned. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. We'll be right back.